This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome. Here we are. It's another Monday on WABC Talk Radio 77. We are here for a full hour. Catch at Night comes up after our show. And, of course, if you'd like to be on the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Plenty to talk about. There always is. And we are still, almost a week later, speaking about the the incredible raid, the overreaching of the Department of Justice that the and the FBI on the Trump residence in Mar-a-Lago. There is still a lot to be said about it. Today, I saw this from our Princess of Policy, Diana Mee, who posted an item on, us, uh, on on social media about a Trump post. She says, Trump posted on True Social, wow, in the raid by the FBI of Mar-a-Lago, they stole my three passports, one expired, along with everything else. This is, this is an assault on a political opponent at every level, never seen before in our country, third world. Yeah, that's about it. There was another story today in, it's, let's see, it's BizPack Review. No, 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 this was in American Wire. AmericanWireNews.com. FBI seized Trump attorney-client protected records. The DOJ opposes an independent review request, according to sources. So... Claims are that there are records that are of an attorney-client privilege, executive privilege. The DOJ just came in and just hoovered up all that material, too. They want an independent. The Trumps are asking for at least send somebody independent to review what you guys took in the DOJ's parent apparently pushing back against that. Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they want to make sure that everything they have, the the answer is self-explanatory. We don't even have to ask. 
Why would they keep information? Why would they be reviewing information that they know they're not entitled to? Because this is the Justice Department. This is the so-called Justice Department. Now, Fox News has an interesting story, too. The headline of that is Merrick Garland's case against Trump is dangerously problematic. I'm going to skip the opening and get to the meat. Indeed, all three of the federal statutes cited in the Justice Department's probable cause search warrant that led to the pre-dawn raid by the FBI on Trump's Florida residence and office require that a person act willfully, knowingly, or intentionally. So with regard to all these records, what would happen, they'd have to prove that Trump knew, knew what he was doing was a crime, that he did it knowingly, and that he intentionally set out to do it. That kind of proof is a very difficult hurdle, especially when to me it seems that the president has already gone on record as saying that he believed those documents that were in Mar-a-Lago were declassified already. There is another line of problematic situations that the Justice Department may face pursuing all of this, and that is there are a lot of questions that are being asked about this judge. Now, the Wall Street Journal today has a piece on this judge and how this, it wasn't today, on how this judge was picked. This was yesterday. Wall Street Journal. Judge who approved Trump's search warrant was enrolled by chance. Bruce Reinhardt, Reinhardt handled the FBI's request to search Mar-a-Lago when the only the on, on-duty judge, the, the judge that was supposed to be on duty, was somehow unavailable. And we're all supposed to just believe this. It's just random luck of the draw that a Hillary supporter, that a pal of Jeffrey Epstein's, that this aye, guy... Aye, aye. Yeah, that this guy who's donated lots of loot to the Obama political machinery, it's just a coincidence that this thing landed in front of him. Why? It just happened. The other guy was just, you know, he was just out. Who said that? Florida State Attorney Dave Dave Arenberg. That's who said it. He says, it's just the luck of the draw that this guy was trying. It's just luck. It's just coincidence. What, are you going to believe some kind of story about that? No, it just happened out of thin air. We got this in front of this very friendly Clintonite, Obamaite judge. 
just happenstance. It's just happenstance. And don't and 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 yeah, those pictures of me, some of them are trumped up. This judge, uh, don't worry about me being on the Lolita Express with Jeffrey Epstein or me defending Epstein. Don't worry about that stuff. It's just the luck of the draw that here I am, ready and able to sign this warrant against former President Trump. Come on, you, do you honestly think that this is anything but blind luck of the draw? Oh, no. These people. They're full of crap. Exactly. Of course, and and here we are into now going into the second week of this, and so what, what do we see these stories? But these stories. Some Republicans make a more restrained case for defending Trump. Some Republicans, you see, a little bit, they're a little bit twitchy right now. Yeah, no, no, they're a little twitchy. They don't, yeah, I don't know what I want to support this guy. Maybe we should tone it down. Maybe we should tone down the language. Because you people that are saying bad things about the FBI, and you people that are saying bad things about the DOJ, you people that are just a little bit too strident. You know, you people, we, we have to pull back the language here. We shouldn't be attacking people at the FBI or the Justice Department. You know, words are very powerful things. And we, we Republicans, I mean, look, it's Trump after all, you know, and here we, we don't want to go out on a limb to defend this guy. Yeah. Their hero, that branch of the party, their hero is up for um, a primary tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow's Liz Cheney Day. All, it's not just Taco Tuesday. It's Liz Cheney Day tomorrow. Actually, Kev, we should get that. In addition to Taco Tuesday tomorrow, tomorrow's the one and only Liz Cheney Day. Copy that. Oh, thank you. It'll be Liz Cheney Day tomorrow. We will see whether Liz Cheney will survive. Now, if Liz Cheney at the end of tomorrow, if it's an overwhelming loss for her, I expect two things to happen. I expect that Democrats in Washington, D.C. and some rhinos will erect a statue of Liz Cheney. And it will be Liz Cheney with her mouth open, with that finger pointed in the air, looking like she's having a hissy fit. And they should put that that Liz Cheney statue somewhere on the Washington Mall where everybody that visits Washington has to go past open mouth, finger pointing Liz Cheney the hero of the Democrat Party, and the hero of the rhinos. And you can expect this. You can expect that if Liv Cheney falls tomorrow, there will be gnashing of teeth in Washington. 
there will be people besides themselves. Some of our journalist friends in the left will be almost in tears. They will talk about how brave and parade courageous she was. They will probably give her, want to bet, want to take wages on this. I think that Liz Cheney will probably be nominated for the John F. Kennedy Profiles and Courage Awards. They will probably nominate Liz Cheney for the Profile and Courage Awards. And they will claim that she is what Republicans should all be. They will say that she stands between tyranny and democracy. I would say, after tomorrow, I hope we all can say, good riddance. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77, The Association. Bring us back on this glorious Monday. You know, one year ago today, my friends, we were looking at some pretty grim pictures from overseas. Of course, this is the day that uh, Kabul fell. Joe Biden unilaterally decided he was going to take the United States out of Afghanistan after all of the years that we had spent there. He, of course, deserted American citizens there. American military members were killed. We left billions and billions and billions of dollars of American weaponry there so that the enemies of America could pick it apart and use them. It was a day of shame, or it should be regarded as a day of shame. Not that we should have stayed in Afghanistan forever, but we should have had an orderly planned withdrawal and made sure that the Afghan government could stand up after we left. The fate of women in Afghanistan has now reversed. They're back under burqa. They're back under this kind of insane laws that govern their lives before we spent so much American treasure bringing freedom and liberty to them. And Joe Biden and the Democrats have totally moved on as if it never happened. Oh, yeah, don't look over there. It didn't happen. Oh, so what if women are suffering? Didn't happen. You know, we're the party of don't care. But I guarantee you that life for many people in Afghanistan, and this does affect that region, and eventually, eventually, this may come back to bite us in unseen ways. Not just American prestige that was lost, but America's role as a leader was severely compromised with this cowardly withdrawal that the Biden administration undertook. We wasted $145 billion trying to build up Afghanistan just for Joe Biden to leave. 
we spent close to a trillion dollars on a war. We lost over 3,500 American and Allied troops. There were 66,000 Afghan troops that were killed. And all of that could have been avoided if we knew it was going to happen with Joe Biden, that we would just tuck tail and just run. Joe Biden ran. He didn't even consult our allies. He just decided to run. And he ran from Afghanistan. All that energy, all that American treasure, all that money wasted. The most important thing that was wasted, though, were American lives. And we left Americans stranded over there. And Joe Biden has not been held accountable for that either. Shame. It is a shameful day. It is just, this is a shameful anniversary. And again, I understand the sentiment of many of you who say we shouldn't have stayed in Afghanistan as long as we did. Well, we stayed too much. I understand that. It's not the fact that we stayed. It's how we left. We left in the most cowardly way possible. Because that's reflective of Joe Biden's character, what he did in pulling the United States out of Afghanistan the way that he did. Mayor Giuliani, who is on every single day before this program comes on during the week, Rudy, love you, Rudy. You know that. Rudy has now been told that he is the target of a criminal probe in Georgia. His doctors had asked that he be allowed to, you know, he had heart surgery. And his doctors had asked that he avoid flying. Of course, they denied that because they're just who they are. He is... Facing, and I just heard Rudy, and you heard him when he signed off, said, I'm not scared of this. I told the truth. And Rudy is going to go down there and he's going to tell the truth. But he is the central figure in a Georgia criminal investigation of election efforts by Donald Trump and his allies. Now, look at what Rudy is facing down there. He's facing a war on two fronts, folks, and we need to realize this, and we need to show Rudy all the love and support that we can show him. Rudy does not only have a partisan, vapidly partisan Democrat machine poised against him. He also has Republicans in the highest levels of government in Georgia that want to see him fall and that want to see Donald Trump fall. There is no love lost between Governor Kemp and the Secretary of State down there, and Donald Trump. They are enemies. Donald Trump tried to defeat this governor, the sitting governor now, in the primaries, and that's one of the few times his endorsement did not pull through. The governor down there, Kemp, was able to withstand primary challenge, and he is still the governor. And he is an enemy of Donald Trump's. The Secretary of State is an enemy of Donald Trump, an enemy of Rudolph Giuliani, political enemies. 
This probe that's going on by Fannie Willis, the district attorney of Fulton County, is yet another one of these Democrat Party witch hunts where they are trying to not only impugn the character of Donald Trump and Rudolph Giuliani, but they are trying to criminalize them fighting for votes in a state where questionable things apparently or appear to have happened. Now, there was an incident in Georgia, and many of you saw this happen. You saw the videos. After Republicans were asked to leave, all of a sudden out come these crates and uh, from under a desk that were hidden from view. And then there begins counting with no Republicans in the room, only Democrats, they're counting. Ballots that came from underneath the table. But when we see this and people saw this and they were outraged by it, what we're told is, oh, no, no, there was nothing there. That's just totally legit. Now, I remember at the time, Molly Hemingway did an amazing analysis of the Democrats saying there was no problem with any of this. And she put it up against the timeline and what really happened there and demonstrated that, yes, this was indeed very problematic. It was problematic. Now, you may believe at the end of the day that nothing happened. But that's not the standard that most of us operate under. Most of us operate from the standard that we should even avoid the appearance of impropriety. And the appearance of impropriety was on display in Georgia. The appearance of impropriety was on display in other places. Today, the Washington Post and the New York Times have different coverage of election things. The Washington Post has a very lengthy article about so-called election deniers. The headline of that article is Election Deniers March Toward Power in Key 2024 Battlegrounds. GOP nominees who dispute the 2020 results could be positioned to play a critical role in the next presidential election. And they're petrified. They've been petrified for months. We've seen variations of this headline and variations of this story now for months on end. And another story in the Washington Post. Trump allied lawyers pursued voting machine data in multiple states records reveal. Imagine that. Trump's lawyer tried to actually get data from the election machines. And that's presented as being criminal. Of breaching. (laughs) Of breaching, yeah, of breaching these election machines. Well, wait a minute. Doesn't, didn't they tell us that these election machines couldn't be breached? Didn't they tell us that there was never any problem with any of these machines? So why all of a sudden are we supposed to be worried because Trump's lawyers are trying to get data from machines that supposedly couldn't be breached, but now all of a sudden they were breached, and now we're supposed to be worried and panicked because, oh, Trump's lawyers tried to get data. There is a lot more to what happened in the 2020 election that will perhaps never be, never be considered mainstream worthy, mainstream newsworthy. 
because it would require liberals to drop their narrative that nothing out of the ordinary happened. But beware. They're coming after Rudolph Giuliani with everything that they can. And yes, I agree with Rudy. You heard him when he signed off saying that he was not afraid and that he would go with the truth. And I respect that, Rudy, so much. But those of us who love Rudy need to send up some prayers, Rudy, because these people have their political knives at his throat. And they are trying to do everything they can to destroy Rudolph Giuliani. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snyder, we're coming back right after this. You having a good time, Joe? The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ben E. King. On WABC Talk Radio 77, it is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour, the Monday edition. When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. Oh, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. This song so has been covered by so many artists, so many times. It's such a classic. We've had a tough night in the Bronx, ladies and gentlemen. A four-year-old boy riding with his father on a stolen motorized scooter, died from head injuries after a crash. Mario Rosario Sr. was arrested for endangering the welfare of a child in the wake of this tragedy. The dad, you see, was wearing a helmet. The little son, four-year-old boy, didn't have a helmet. Rosario Sr., the boy's father's 24 years old, 24, heading south on Bailey Avenue, his son seated behind him on the stolen two-wheel scooter. He collided with a 2022 white Toyota Camry. That driver was trying to make a left turn. The father was trying to get past the car. And the driver was only a half a block away from his house. Of course, people rushed to the scene, horrified by what they saw. The little boy taken to the hospital with traumatic head injuries and passed away. The father is waiting, awaiting uh, arraignment in the Bronx criminal court. In addition to being charged with endangering the welfare of a child, he's charged with possession of stolen property because the scooter was stolen from a 19-year-old man in Queens earlier this month. The owner was riding his scooter in Queens when he was confronted by five men threatening to shoot or stab him if he didn't give up his ride. No arrests have been made in that theft. 
but this is just a horrific, horrific incident. One of two in the Bronx last night. A 14-year-old boy has been arrested for the murder and shooting of one of his friends, also 14-year-old. They were playing around with a gun in the lobby of a Bronx apartment building. The suspect, because he's so young, is not going to have his name released. The boy's mother is devastated. She said she was trying to get her son out of the, quote-unquote, out of the hood. They bought a house upstate. She says we were going to get my baby out of the hood, and this happens. The teenager, arraigned in Bronx criminal court, held without bail, which is amazing these days, given what liberals have done to the bail system in New York. $22 million. That's how much is going to be spent getting rid of what looks like a butterfly in New York. They're called lanterns, spotted lantern flies. And if you've ever seen pictures of these things, they are simply beautiful. But they are invasive. China, India, Vietnam, first reported in the United States and back in 2014, they have infested a dozen states since then. Chuck Schumer, Chuck U. Schumer, is promising $22 million to get rid of them in New York. He says these bugs are a real danger to our city, our state, and even our country. Hmm. It's amazing the things, it's absolutely amazing the things that liberals will spend money on. And more amazing what they won't. Yeah, we can get rid of a spotted lantern bug, but we can't get rid of criminals, can't keep them in jail, but we can spend all kind of millions to get rid of this bug that could hurt vegetation. We can't spend the same kind of money on problem schools getting rid of, getting rid of all of the factors in those schools that prevent kids from learning, can we? Not in New York, we can't. But we'll spend $22 million to get rid of the spotted lantern bug. Liberal priorities are that everywhere. I have a story here from the LA Times today. With all the things going on in California, with all the misery at the gas pumps, with all the homelessness everywhere in California, at least in Southern Cal, in SoCal, up through San Francisco. With all of that, with the drought that is affecting farmers, what do you think the L.A. Times editorial board is most concerned about? Go ahead, take a guess. I'll give you five seconds. Guess. Of all, just close your eyes and think about everything you know about California and the problems that Californians are facing. And think for five seconds, what is the central thing that LA Times editorial board is concerned about? Two, three, four. Okay, I'll tell you. Here's their headline, editorial. 
California bans the sale of shoes made from dead kangaroos. It's the law. So Are you in, kidding me? No, it's the law, so enforce it. Now, for the last half century, California has banned the sale of any item made from kangaroos, which are killed in mass slaughters for commerce each year in Australia. Enforcement of the law was suspended in 2007 at the urging of the Australian government and companies that sell products made from the skins of dead kangaroos. That was all suspended, but the ban resumed in 2016, and it has been in effect ever since. Yet, yet, that didn't completely stop the sale of popular popular kangaroo leather soccer cleats in California. The Los Angeles Times has discovered that some of the people who play soccer like to buy shoes that have kangaroo leather on them. And that, my friends, is a no-no. You can have all the cow leather you want on your shoes. I guess if you wanted to get leather from other animal sources, you might be able to. But in California, Kate, in California, no kangaroo leather. It is not allowed. And now the editorial board out in the Los Angeles Times is demanding, demanding that investigators step up their efforts, stop this illegal trafficking of kangaroo leather soccer cleats. Because this is the most important thing on the minds of those great liberals. On Dick's Sporting Goods store last week, on the website of Dick's, a customer could readily buy a pair of Nike Tiempo Legend 9 Elite FG Kangaroo Leather Shoes and could have them shipped to Los Angeles. The customer, who must have been working for the LA Times, listen to this. The customer who made the purchase only to see whether the website would let it go through called customer service several minutes later and had the sale canceled because he didn't want no kangaroo leather on his feet. So, the Los Angeles Times says California consumers can do their part to make sure this law is observed. Just don't buy these shoes. There are plenty of quality soccer shoes in material that doesn't require killing kangaroos. Leave the kangaroos alone. I wonder if whale, no. Look, look, I'm an animal guy, okay? So you don't want to kill the kangaroos? That's okay with me. But I just want the poor cows in America, the poor cows in Argentina, the poor cows in Australia. You can use their leather to make shoes and nobody complains. But if you use a kangaroo's leather, oh, no, 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 no. Californians, especially the editorial board of the Los Angeles Times, why they are simply not going to put up with it. Horrible.
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno He's your numero uno. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. W-A-B-C. Yes, that's the idealism of youth. Wouldn't it be nice if we could live together? We could wake up, stay together. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just say goodnight and not have to separate where we could be under each other's presence every single moment? Yeah. They have no idea. These kids had no idea, did they? Yeah. Okay, let us head to the telephones. Why don't we? Still, I love that youthful idealism that the Beach Boys are all about, don't you? Uh, Let's go, why don't we, to Tom in the Bronx. We talked about the Bronx and several stories out of there today. Let's start in the Bronx. Tom, welcome you on Bo Snerby's Rush Hour. How are you? Hello, Tom. I mean, hello, Bo. This is... Milton from the Bronx, not Tom, Milton from the Bronx. Oh, hey, Milton. Okay. They should get all the guns off the street. I don't like the mayor. I don't like Eric Adams. Eric Adams said he's going to get all the guns off the street, and there's still a lot of guns on the street, a lot of young teenagers getting killed for nothing. Well, you know, New York also passed these gun laws, and so I'm surprised that we are having any gun crime whatsoever because the Democrats made it a point that they were going to immediately pass more gun laws when the Supreme Court ruled what they did, that legal, law-abiding people could actually uh, apply for gun licenses in New York. But the criminals yeah, but apparently... But, but isn't ahead. it funny that killing all the black teenagers, but not one kid, uh, white kid is getting killed? How come? Well, well, well. Now, let's be, let's be fair. Let's be fair. White kids get killed, too, although not at the same rate of black kids. So let's be fair. In the Bronx, that's right. Let's be fair because it does happen. But this incident that you're talking about, the fact that most black young men that have uh, that are that are killed are killed by other young black men. It's a sad fact of life, Tom. But liberals don't care about that. Besides, they made laws, so you rest easy because we have laws now that prohibit these kind of things. And we also have laws against murder and laws against killing. So pretty soon this stuff is just going to, you know, go away. Andrew, Stan, thank you for the call, Tom. Andrew, Stan Hope, New Jersey, how are you? Yeah, that's your liberal-run city. They get people, the family's broken up, the father's not in the home. And, uh, you know, that's what you reap. And I'm not blaming the people. I'm just saying when you have Democrat 
control for almost half a century in the cities. But anyway, just want to say, Rudy, hands off Rudy, like the caller says. And the um, Rudy, he's right. When they pulled out those boxes, Rudy said they look like coffins, like Count Dracula. So I, my joke was that the Democrats, they always win the dead vote. But in that case, they won the undead, like the, the vampire <laughs> vote. And also, we saw that boxes in Philadelphia, Lawrence O'Donnell, the commentator, MSNBC, he was freaking out because Trump wanted to stop the count. But Trump was right. And I would say that if it was the Democrat being thrown out, there's by law, has both sides, parties have to be there. In Philadelphia, or it was Detroit, I think, they actually threw the Republican physically, accosted them and tossed them out. It was on video. And the, they came with a court order. The police gave it to the election official and said, legally, you, you have to let the Republican in. To watch and they said no we're, we'll give that to our lawyer we're not you know so the vote should have been stopped but Rudy he's going to fight and more truth so it'll backfire I think it's going to backfire because Rudy told the truth now the truth is going to be out there again well I certainly hope so and as you said when when Rudy left uh, or from his show when he signed off today he said and this was this was amazing to hear him say it with full confidence I'm not scared I told the truth. And I mean, what better defense can you have than that? I told the truth. So we shall see what happens. Um, and, and we are, of course, hoping the best for Rudy. I still say those of us who love and support Rudy, also, prayers don't hurt. Rhonda, South Bend, Indiana. How are you, Rhonda? I'm good, James. I have been listening to your show today, the terrible stories that are happening in your city and really just everything that's happening in this country that I love so much. And I'm telling you, it just, it just wrenches my heart about. And I was thinking how there is not one politician from either party who can save us from ourselves, how we cannot ever legislate morality and righteousness and good character, that that has to come from the individual heart. As a mother of, you know, all those boys, one of whom was in the world of drugs uh, for many years, I am well acquainted with the power of prayer. And right now, that is all I know to do, and actually it's the greatest thing that I know to do for my fellow citizens and for this country is to pray that we will return to the God on which this country was founded because then as our, each heart begins to change, James, then our towns and our communities and our cities and our states begin to change at the molecular level. And that is the hope that I carry for this country. It's in that higher power that has worked on my son's behalf, brought him out of drugs, brought him back to us, brought him back to God and put his feet on the path of life. I know the power of prayer. Rhonda, so well and beautifully stated. Thank you so much. Love, always love hearing from you. Thank you, Rhonda. Let us go to Jim in New Jersey. Time is fleeing with our Monday edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour. Jim, what is on your mind? How you doing, James? Love this, love the show. So listen, James, this whole uh, events have been set in motion since January 6th when they started waving in the protesters. That was the beginning of the setup to indict Donald Trump so this way he cannot run for president. That's what this is all leading to. In the famous words of Harry Reid, when he said that uh, Romney didn't pay his taxes, 
When it was proven wrong, he said, well, at least he didn't become president. That's what this is all about, James. Absolutely. They have wanted to criminalize Donald Trump even before he took office the first time. And New York's um, attorney general demonstrated that with her words even before he was first elected. Letitia James, and yet that persecution, that phony persecution is still ongoing. You couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Kevin, Manhattan, you got to make it quick. We're running out of time. Yeah, hi. Thanks, folks. If only uh, Trump's so-called secret documents had been on uh, Hunter's uh, laptop, ah. then the FBI <laughs> would never find them. <laughs> not only – not the best. Thank you. You got to love that, folks. It is so true. If only this stuff had been on Hunter Biden's laptop, we'd never be hearing about anything. Because the FBI can never seem to find anything on Hunter Biden's laptop, just like they could never find those Clinton emails. Isn't it remarkable? The FBI can find 600, 700 people and arrest them. They can find the resources to look on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and track people down from their social media posts. But they couldn't find Hillary's emails. They can't find the goods on Hunter Biden. They can't find the money trail between Hunter Biden, the well-established money trail. The FBI, DOJ, they see what they want to see and what they don't want to see. Why? It just, it's like those good old kangaroo leather. It just disappears when you don't want it around. Ay, ay, ay. It is Monday's edition of Bo Sturdy's Rush Hour coming to a close. <laughs> Remember, Cat Tonight is up next. And... May God bless and protect each and every one of you. Pray. Rhonda said it. Prayer is so powerful for our country. And we'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye. You having a good time, Joe? This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.